is always a tough crowd because it's definitely preaching to the choir in that. Um, but hopefully, um, we never get exhausted by the Word of God. We never have heard as, as much as we need to hear. So uh, hopefully there'll be something in here for you tonight. Uh, let's start by going to the Lord in prayer. Father God, Lord, uh, if you've given me a section of your scripture to share tonight, Lord, I just pray that you'll help me to say the words that you would have and that they would uh, not return void, Lord, that there may be some value here to the folks that are with us. Pray for those that aren't with us, Lord, that, that maybe could be or should be, that uh, you will uh, get them to, to attend, Lord, more frequently. And again, just continue to take care of our pastor and Linda while they're away. And we just thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I've been doing the, the men's Sunday school class out of the book of Colossians. Actually, we started in December of, of last year, um, and I found some verses in there uh, for tonight that I think are appropriate given the fact that we just celebrated Resurrection uh, Sunday, which we, we celebrate uh, pretty much well every Sunday because if it wasn't obviously for the resurrection, then we would have we would have no hope. We would have no reason for really being here. Uh, we serve a risen Savior, and that's that's what Christianity is all about and uh, what we put our faith in. Um, I do want to uh, mention, I guess, a blessing. I know a lot of people have asked, well, what are you going to do about your car? What are you going to do about your car? We fixed, we fixed the car problem. It's sitting out there now. So we finally got a new car. Uh, and it was it was a very tough, tough go. We've got a little 23 Hyundai Sonata hybrid out there now. And it's probably going to outlive us. But you know, it's like, why why shouldn't we have something maybe a little bit nicer? The Lord provided. We thank you for that. I know Helen's quite pleased, and that's always a bonus. Uh, so so God has answered our, our dilemma over what car, wind car, and all of that. So that's something we can check off our list. So for those of you that have been praying or, or wanting to know what our car situation is, that has been resolved. So that, that's a good thing. Um, when we talk about serving a risen Savior, you know, what, what does it mean to, to serve a risen Savior? There's, I, I, am, I am so, uh, I guess, fed up at all the easy beliefism out there that people can take salvation so lightly. When you, when you think about what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, and people feel that they can, well, you know, repeat after me, say this prayer, check it off your list and go on your way. Um, and, and in Colossians, we don't see that the people did that. The people, just like Paul, you know, when, when Paul got knocked off his horse, uh, he, he got as zealous over Christ as he did over being a Pharisee. And he wanted, he wanted to know everything that God wanted him to know, everything that God wanted him to do, and he just got right after it. And, and so often with, you know, with people today, it's like, well, you just, you know, you say this prayer and you're covered for life and you got eternal life and have a nice day. And, and that's, not, that's not the attitude, you know, that we see that, that a saved person should have. Um, actually, it's interesting, the Church of Colossae, um, Paul wrote to the Ephesians and the Colossians, and those letters have a lot of similarities between them. But Paul never met these people. He didn't, he never saw one of them. He wrote this letter based on a report he got from uh, Epaphras in, in uh, 1-7, we can see, uh, Epaphras' name, our dear fellow servant, who for you is a faithful minister. So Epaphras came back to, to Paul that was in, uh, in house, under house arrest in Rome and said, hey, you know, uh, got this little church started over here in Colossae, and, and these guys are just, you know, on fire. And, and 
think they need more, a little bit more instruction from you. So Paul wrote this, wrote this letter, uh, you know, and, and sent it off to him. And I want to start looking at it in, in verse 9. Actually, you know, verse 9 of Colossians 1, verse 9, starts off and it says, For this cause. Well, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you for what cause. Uh, because for what cause really is verses three, uh, three to eight. I mean that that explains why he's saying what he says in in verse nine. That you know for this for this cause, uh, and so verse three to eight really they given thanks to God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. But it it says for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard of in the word of truth and the gospel? For, so for the cause of the fact that they accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the cause that they wanted to follow Jesus, for the cause that they wanted to have the kind of life that Jesus wanted them to have. So for that cause, uh, now Paul is writing to him and says, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us unto the kingdom of his dear Son. And that that in itself is, is the miracle of salvation and the miracle of the cross. We went from a sinner destined from hell in darkness to a saint to be the light of the world through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So it, I mean, that's like 180 out from each other. And, and only, only God, only Jesus Christ could do that for us. Um, it says, you know, there's a clear commandment. You know, we talk about, you know, verse 1, it says you might be filled. Well, that, that filled, it's, it's permeated, it's immersed, it's saturated with the knowledge. You can never get enough knowledge about God, about Jesus, about what he wants for us, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. You can, certain, you can learn so much about the character of God in the Old Testament from how he deals with all the characters and the people that are in the Old Testament. You can learn so much for your own life from Jesus Christ and his teaching from uh, the New Testament on. So, uh, that idea of being filled, it's, it's, it's a continual filling. It's a continual continue studying. Um, we find that as we have trials, there's different things that we need to study from the Word of God. You know, we come across things that, gee, I haven't encountered this before. Let's, let's get back in the Word and, and see what the Lord would have me to do in these, in these particular situations. Um, so in the verses we look at uh, to the Colossians to provide us some instructions and reflection basically on, on serving our, our Savior. Um, so we talked about you know, being, being filled, being immersed with the knowledge of God. There's a clear commandment from God's word uh, on his will, you know, for his children because, it, it, you know, everybody says, well, gee, what's the will of God? You really don't have to look too hard to find that out. It's in here. Uh, one of the verses that's very clear is if you turn over to 1 John, in 1 John chapter 2, First John 2, and look at verses 15, and we'll go through to 17. First, first John 2, 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 
not a whole lot of controversy there, not a whole lot of questioning about, well, gee, what do you think he means by? I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty black and white uh, as to uh, that being, and, and there's other verses in here, but I, you know, I just picked that one. I'm thinking, you know, you, you can't argue with that. It is, it, it's very clear. It's very direct as, as to what that is. Quite similar, we look, you know, you all probably know this one as well, Romans 12 and 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we don't have to look too far to figure out. And I run into a lot of people who say, well, you know, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. There's a couple of verses for you right there. If they, if they ask those questions, because it's pretty clear. I mean, the will is that you accept, his, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And once you've done that, then here's what he expects of you. He doesn't expect you just to check it off your your bucket list and, and move on with life. There are some things that, that he wants for you now. He wants you to be the kind of person that he created you to be. So we need, we need to do, you know, we need to constantly be thinking about uh, being in in the will of God. So uh, there are some clear commandments here. When we look at the word wisdom here in uh, So it says wisdom and spiritual understanding at the end of at the end of verse nine. So wisdom is basically knowing the truth, which we get from God's word. So the more you're in the word, the more you're understanding, the more the more wisdom you're going to have. But the spiritual the spiritual part of this, or the spiritual understanding, is taking that wisdom and applying it to the situations that that you have in life. So it's yes, you have to get the knowledge, get wisdom, but then have also spiritual understanding to know how to how to apply that. Uh, that truth that you get from God's word. Uh, in Psalms 119, a uh, couple of good verses that we all probably already know, uh, in, in 119, 104, it says, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Um, again, very, very clear edict there. He hates every false way. We, God does not want us to go the false way. The pastor's been preaching on the way. There is a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes down to the Father but by him. So there is there is a way. And in verse 104, then it says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. Uh, that's probably in songs. We've heard that a number of times. But if you, if you really think about what that says, it's, it, it's so easy to hear these verses and go, Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Think about it. Thy word is a lamp to my path. If you've ever been in a real dark situation, you really look forward to having the light sooner or later to guide your path. God's word is a light onto our path. So when we get into somewhat dark situations or unknown territory, we need to get this light out and make our path clear and, make, and, and allow us to be able to see you know, what's, in, what's in front of us and what God would have for us. So uh, we deal with wisdom and we deal with, with spiritual understanding there. Um, in verse 10, it talks about walking worthy. Uh, our testimony to the world and our brothers and sisters in Christ should be pleasing to God because it, it says, walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful unto every good work. So we need to, we need to walk the way that Christ wants us to, to walk. We need to walk worthy. Um, anybody, you know, is there anybody here that's not in favor of pleasing God? I mean, I don't, I don't think we have anybody out here. Automatically, because we don't want to displease God, we need to walk worthy. Because that's going to make him, that's going to please him. And, and obviously, for everything he did for us on the cross, we obviously want to please him. Uh, so we need to be able to walk worthy. Uh, being fruitful, uh, if this seems vague, obviously, you know, 
what is fruitful? Does that mean we have to go out and plant a garden? We have to grow good tomatoes? I mean, what is this being fruitful thing? So people say, gee, you know, I heard you talk about this fruitful thing. Well, what is it? Well, all you have to do is go over to Galatians 5. And we will see. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they are, and, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of the lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So all of those attributes are the, the, the Spirit, the, the, work, the, the gifts of the Spirit. And, and we are to, to be able to show those in in our in our life and in our walk to walk worthy we are to be we are to be fruitful in in that walk um always you know always increasing our knowledge we're increasing our actions appropriately so we need a balance i know earlier on in my christian life i was all about reading the bible over and over again and studying the bible and learning all that stuff but you can be learning a lot of stuff and never applying it so we need to make sure that that our study and our knowledge is is being put to use. It's not just it's just not so we can have a great brain and and be the Bible answer man to everybody. We need to take what we've learned and transfer that into our walk, so we can walk worthy. So we need to take that that language and put it into to uh, to action, so that our our increasing knowledge we're also increasing our actions proportionally. Um, and that's when I when I read that. That's something that kind of you know convicted me. Am I just spending all my all my years and all my time uh, as God's child, just learning about His Word, and maybe not applying it maybe as much as I should have? And that that's you can get complacent with that. So uh, you know, at least for myself, it's kind of called me you know on the carpet a little bit to say, look, you know, I I enjoy studying the Bible. I enjoy learning the Word of God, but am, am I putting it to to action? Um, so how are we, you know, how are we manifesting, um, you know, this increased knowledge is, is really the point I'm trying to make there. In verse, in our flesh, we're weak, but we have access to all the of Jesus Christ to face battles that come our way. With the strength comes patience and long-suffering to endure with joy. A verse that we all know is, you know, is 4.13. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. I know that seems kind of trite sometimes, but it's real. Uh, we have, you know, if you think about the power of and I know because we're in this vet, it seemed like, gee, how could I ever, you know, invoke that power or have that power? We have that power. We take our prayers and that power through the Holy Spirit is 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 there to address those prayers and those prayers. God has got forsake us, and that power we can have uh, through Jesus Christ and, and his strength to face these trials. Um, the idea of forbearing and, and, and uh, or patience and long-suffering has to do with basically uh, to persevere through the trials. And that means not give up. Because a lot of our trials don't go away overnight. We don't, go, we don't have a prayer tonight and tomorrow it's all better. I don't expect, you know, it'd be a blessing, it'd be a miracle. I'd, I'd praise the Lord for, you know, forever if Dave Young was able to walk out of the hospital tomorrow. I, you know, that would, that would be fantastic. I know God can do it. 
But if he doesn't, I'm not going to say, well, you know, God, what, what I bother praying for? I mean, he's still in the hospital. He's still getting pumped up with, with stuff. So what's that all about? We need to persevere. We need to continue on. I know we've got people on our prayer list that have been on there for weeks, slash months, probably slash years. Um, and, we, you know, there's people in, in, in here tonight that have gone through long, long trials. And they persevered. They didn't give up. They stuck with it. And, you know, they see, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and so we need to persevere. Uh, we need, we need to, to have, have that. And then for the long-suffering, it's basically for, you know, for bearing the fault and, and the attacks and things that other people put on us. And we just need to, we need to forbear and not, you know, not allow other people to affect our walk or affect our, our worthy walk with, with the Lord. Um, so those are two important points as well. And then verse 12 has to do with, you know, we have so much to be thankful for, for the sacrifice of Jesus uh, that paid our sin debt, transformed us in, into saints in, in light. Um, I, it, it's unimaginable. We can never, we can never pay back that debt uh, again. So it goes back to what does God want us to do to be pleasing to Him? He wants us to walk worthy. Um, so when we talk about walking worthy, there's 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 four things really kind of mentioned here in verses 10 through through 12. The first thing is you know walking worthy. We talked about it being fruitful. That's walking worthy of the Lord. The next thing we talked about is increasing in knowledge. That's part of walking worthy. Um, we talked about being strengthened with all might according to its glorious power. That's another aspect of walking worthy. Uh, patience and long suffering and giving thanks unto the Father, which again is, is part of walking worthy. Uh, that is, and, and so those four characteristics, if we can, if we show those in our life, then they're all characteristics that we show that we're walking worthy. We're being pleasing to God, which again, which is our reasonable, reasonable service. Um, so in whom we also have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Uh, we, could, we, could, we could never do anything that uh, that would obviously repay that debt. And I, I can't see the clock. Look at mine and see how I'm ah, good. Um, and I just happened to get to the end. It's 8 o'clock. So anyway, this is all, this is all good. I was getting a little stressed out here. Uh, so again, on, on the heels of a fantastic time of, of praising God and, and, and his resurrection on, on Sunday's uh, events and then taking of the Lord's Supper. I thought that was very appropriate to do on Resurrection Sunday because, again, uh, we do this in remembrance of him. And, uh, you know, as, as we get older, as we get older in age, more mature in our faith, uh, I think the main thing that we have to caution ourselves against is just getting too complacent. And, and maybe taking God for granted and, and realizing the, the sacrifice that he made for us. Uh, and and it's, it's, not, it's not a duty. It's something, well, gee, if I get saved, I have to do this. When the Holy Spirit indwells you, it's not a have to, it's a want to. And if, if, you, if you haven't experienced that want to, uh, after you believe you've had the salvation experience, you might want to talk to somebody because there, there is a want to. Because if you really understand what Christ did for you, then there should be a want to there. And I know that's, you know, that's a challenge that Matt has to deal with, with with the teens he comes in contact with because they may be riding on their parents' salvation and figured, I mean, their house, they're saved. I guess I got it too. It's probably catching, so I, I might have it. Uh, no, there is there is a true salvation experience that, that turns into a, a want to do things for Jesus. You are here tonight 
Not because you got a list that says, well, it's Wednesday, I got to go to church. I'm hoping your attitude was, it's Wednesday, thank God I get to go to church and see his people and hear his word. And, you know, I mean, that, that's my heart. I hope that's your heart. And uh, it's just, you know, we need to have, have, have a want to uh, attitude for, for what Christ has done for us. So, again, I know a lot of this you, you've all heard before. I'm hoping there's something that hopefully may be refreshed or revigorated uh, in, in, in hearing this again. So I do thank you for your time and attention, and you are dismissed.